Monday, October 17th here on the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast. Fun-filled week of action, both in the NFL and college ranks. College ranks saw some interesting stuff down in the SEC. Tennessee, unfortunately, going down for the second week in a row. Uh, you know, looking like the magic they've had for a few weeks prior is starting to unravel here. We're actually going to stick with the college game. We're going to head north, though. We're going to go take a look at the Big Ten. The reason being, our own Mark Schofield was lucky enough to actually go attend Maryland, Minnesota on Saturday. Mark Schofield, welcome in. Hope you had a good weekend. Fantastic weekend. Yeah, that's right. I got a little uh, press box action for the Big Ten tilt between Maryland and Minnesota and had some fun. Am I the only person who what, – what? how long has Maryland been in the Big Ten at this point? Is this the second year or the third? I think this is their third year. I'd have to look that up. Am I, they, am, am I the only one who still has trouble reconciling that? Yeah, it, it was strange. I mean, late in the game, I was kind of looking at the top of the stadium, Capital One Field, the Maryland Stadium. They have all the Big Ten flags. And just kind of look at it. I mean, it's still a little weird to see Maryland and Rutgers up there. I mean, you know, and I'm a guy with a little bit of a root and interest for the Nebraska Cornhuskers, and it's still a little bit strange to see them, you know, as part of the Big Ten. Yeah, so a little bit different there, but fortunately you're able to get to the game here, and uh, I know you were sitting up there in, in the press box, so you had a great view just to watch everything unfold. Talk to me about, you know, the, the, the general tenor of this game, the feel of it. Uh, what, what did you get from it right from the outset? Was there anything that, that stood out to you, right, you know, kind of from uh, the first play of the game? Well, look, I mean, the reason why I wanted to see this game in particular is because Minnesota quarterback Mitch Leidner, uh, senior, their starting quarterback, returning starter, had gotten some preseason hype from some big names sort of in the evaluations industry on the media side. I think it was uh, Todd McShay, um, even some other guys talked about maybe, you know, a potential first round guy if everything broke his way. So that's the reason why I wanted to see this game. Leidner suffered a concussion the week prior, so he didn't get the start. Minnesota started freshman walk-on Connor Rhoda. So he was running the offense for the Golden Gophers. On the other side of the field, Maryland, which had been struggling offensively anyway, they lost their starting quarterback to a shoulder injury. So they turned to a freshman as well, Tyrell Pigrome. So going into this game, it's a Big Ten game. You're thinking you might see limited offense to begin with. Now you've got two freshmen, one of whom is a walk-on, taking the snaps. And as you might expect, the game kind of went you know, you got two freshmen taking snaps. It's not going to be a lot of high-powered passing offense. I mean, look, at halftime, Maryland's quarterback, Tyler Pigrome, was 6 of 12 for 36 yards and a touchdown. Well, and, and it looks like Maryland wasn't even able to get a whole lot going on the ground either. I mean, they ended up picking up 130 yards, but only because they ran the ball almost 40 times. So it's not like they were doing this on, you know, 25, 30 carries. No, I mean, the the biggest problem for Maryland, and, you know, I wrote a piece kind of breaking down the game a little bit, flags, man. I mean, two of their biggest plays in the first half got called back. They had one where Pigrome caught Minnesota on a corner blitz and kept it on a read option play and ran to that side of the field, and he had a huge gain. I'm trying to look at my stat notes here. Um, he had a ripped off a big gain, but I got called back for a holding penalty. And then later they faced, I think it was a third and 16. Um, Lorenzo Harrison got the ball, freshman running back for Maryland, made a number of great moves in the open field, showed some good vision, some good change of direction ability, picks up the first down, and again, it comes back. I mean, so two big plays for Maryland that could have extended drives. 
get wiped out by because of penalties. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, looking over my notes here. I mean, Maryland just had a ton of penalties. I think they ended up getting flagged nine times on the day for almost 100 yards of penalties. What exactly is the deal? When I look at the rushing stats for Maryland, I see Pigrom with 25 of the 36 carries. I mean, it w- they're not even handing the ball off on a lot of those plays. What exactly was going on? Were these scrambles where he's picking up one? Is it option? What what was what was going on here? They were doing a lot of read option stuff to begin with. Yep. Um, that seemed to be kind of their game plan. But when you know the score kind of got away from them and they went to go sort of a no huddle up tempo, that was actually I think when Pigrom was at his best. You know, I was lucky enough to be attending this game with our good friend, friend of Pylon, Kyle Krabs from NDT Scouting, who everybody should definitely be following at, on Twitter, at NDT Scouting. Um, he and I were up in the press box together watching, and we were talking about how, you know, when they sort of took the trading wheels off and the pig roam, you know, run around and make plays back there and go a little bit up-tempo, that was when they moved the ball the, the best all day. Now, some of it might have been the fact that, you know, Minnesota at that point is playing a little bit of off coverage, playing a little bit more prevent. They're giving stuff up underneath. But still, I mean, there are some guys that looked really good for Maryland, you know, at that time. I mean, one guy that stood out, um, Laverne Jacobs, who's a wide receiver for Maryland, made a number of great catches, showing great ability with his hands on some low throws, some high throws as well. Teldrick Morgan, who's a transfer, I think, from um, UTEP or it might not be UTEP, but I'm I'm blanking on where it came from. But he's a senior wide receiver. Showed some good moves, some route running skills as well. Looks Those like New Mexico are, State is where he came New from. New Mexico State. Yep. Okay. I, I knew it was somewhere in the southwest. Pretty close, yeah. Yeah. Um, but those two guys kind of stood out um, in terms of receivers. But both of these teams are really young. I mean, you look at Lorenzo Harrison, that freshman running back for Maryland, um, definitely got some good traits there. On the other side of the field, look, Rodney Smith and Shannon Brooks are two young running backs for Minnesota. They could just run the offense through those two guys. I mean, there were times when, you know, they would just go wildcat with those two guys. They didn't do it a lot, but you could understand why. I mean, both of those guys had great games. Looking at the uh, the Minnesota defense, just sticking with uh, th- this side of the ball here, anyone stand out to you on that Minnesota defense at all facing Maryland? Nobody really stood out. Um, there were a couple of guys that stood out actually for Maryland on defense, one of whom um, Kyle was really excited about, a cornerback um, by the name of, um, there it is, Tino Ellis, a uh, freshman, true freshman. He's their number two corner, um, but actually got the start, so a lot of play time. He did get flagged for one pass interference on a third down play that it looked like Maryland got a stop, but he was kind of on the receiver's back on a slant route. But he had some good coverage skills down the field. Didn't seem to get phased. You know, Maryland, I mean, Minnesota, when they threw, they kind of threw his way a lot, but, you know, didn't seem, seem too phased by it. And, you know, in terms of Minnesota's defense, nobody really stood out um, watching them. It seemed more that, you know, Maryland was just struggling. And anytime yep. they got anything going, they shot themselves in the foot. Now, Ellis, as you mentioned, also one thing that's interesting about him, he seems to be a little bit bigger. I think he's listed somewhere in that 6'1", 6'2", range. Yeah, listed 6'1", 185. I mean, and he's a true freshman. Yeah, so as we've seen at the cornerback position, continuing to get some guys in there that are a little bit bigger. It's not, you know, your corners that were, you know, 5'9", to 5'11", as we saw throughout much of the 90s and early 2000s. You're getting some of the guys that are a little bit bigger, a little bit rangier, you know, and it's interesting to see that continue to develop, getting some of those guys on the defensive side of the ball but then again maybe look he's just a wide receiver with no hands you know it's always that could be it always possible there let's uh talk talk about minnesota aside from the two running backs uh any anyone on offense uh from the skill position that you know is is uh of note 
Uh, Rashad still uh, wide receiver. Um, you know, he only had one catch on the day for 26 yards. Big boy. Um, yeah, he's a big guy. And, you know, he's somebody that, you know, definitely people should be, you know, keeping their eye on. He's only a sophomore, listed 6'5", 205. Uh, ran a really nice vertical route um, on one play. Didn't catch the ball. It was kind of overthrown, but it ran, ran a nice route. And then he made a nice adjustment on a vertical route on sort of a back shoulder play. Um, that was the one catch that he had. Um, ran a couple of other nice routes as well. Um, our good friend John Ledyard, um, sort of before the game, had mentioned Brandon Lingen, who's a tight end for Mar- Minnesota. Minnesota always has really good tight ends. Lingen's a sophomore, actually a junior, 6'5", 250. I mean, just look at this. Look at the three tight ends that Minnesota's rolling out. They've got Nate Wozniak, who's their starter, a redshirt junior, 6'10", 275. Did you Colton say 6'10"? 6'10". And then oh. Colton Beebe, 6'3", 270. And then Brandon Lingen, 6'5", 205. Here's a question for you as a quarterback. If you're throwing to a guy who's 6'10", does that almost make it so you – I mean, you're almost throwing a different ball to him than you would a normal receiver. I mean, it's like, you know, when you're playing basketball, when you're playing point guard, and the coach is telling you when you're making passes in the paint, never never make a bounce pass in the paint. Don't make the guy go low. Don't make the guy <laughs> yeah. reach low. You know, put it up there. You know, make it the guy's job a little bit easier. It's the same thing here. I mean, you can talk about a catch radius on a guy that's 6'10". Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you literally lob it up there 10 feet and say, go get it. Yeah. You know? Although I, I will say that on Minnesota's opening drive, there he ran a crossing route, couldn't put the ball away. I mean, the, the flip side is defender kind of lit him up because there's a big target to hit. There's, right. That's a big strike area. And it's also, you talk about when you're that high, you know, all the leverage is likely going to a defender who's going to be able to get yeah. lower than you. It's yeah. You almost wonder, is there a magic height where... You know, and kind of maybe it's in that six five range. I think where, six five to six seven is kind of that sweet spot. Yeah, where you're still big enough that you have an advantage, but you can still get low enough and have a low enough center of gravity. You know, it's yeah. I, I think there's there's something to work from there. What about uh, you know, talking about anyone stand out to you on any of the uh, either defensive or offensive lines in this game at all? Nobody really stood out. Maryland's left tackle. He did get flagged a couple of times um, for the hold and penalties that kind of drew them back a bit. But, you know, he had a pretty good game. Michael Dunn, he's a senior, 6'5", 300 pounds. That's what he's listed at. Um, had a couple of good blocks, um, particularly on, you know, some of the runs in the early going. Um, you know, the, the Maryland defensive line, you know, nobody really stood out there. There was one guy, um, Chandler Burkett. He's a junior defensive end, 6'3", 245. Hit a couple of nice plays on the edges a little bit. Um, a couple of runs that looked to be, you know, looked like Minnesota had the edge, but he was able to, you know, either make a play or, you know, at least force the guy back inside to where he had some help. You know, it wasn't like Minnesota was blowing holes open. I mean, you know, both Brooks and Smith had to do a lot sort of, you know, at the line of scrimmage or shortly thereafter in terms of making a cut and finding a hole, um, which is why I was really mostly impressed with those two guys. I mean, and they both were very effective, I think, in the passing game. Um, you know, Brooks had a, a touchdown on a on a screen pass um, late in the first half that kind of, you know, really put the game, I don't want to say put it out of reach, it was only 14 nothing, but you get the sense at that point that, look, Maryland's not doing anything on offense since 14 nothing now. This is this is tough. Um, and then Rodney Smith, you know, he had a really nice um, touch, long touchdown run uh, late in the game, but early in the game he had a nice touchdown run as well with a nice little spin move. I, I just came 
really came away impressed with those two guys. And frankly, I came away impressed with both teams in terms of their youth. It seems like both the, both of these teams have young squad, have young guys at the skill position that look like you know a year or two down the road. There's going to be something there for both of these teams. Last but not least, let's turn over to uh, those uh, fine-feathered friends, our specialists. Okay. Anything notable? Uh, any any big legs or anything seen from punters or kickers at all? You know what was interesting? Lee, Wade Lees, who's Maryland's punter, rugby-style guy, but got a bit of a leg to him. Okay. You know, he, uh, I'm looking at at least at the half. By halftime, he had five punts, but an average of 45.4 with a lawn of 50. I mean, there are a couple that, you know, it looks like he's taking rugby style, but he really kind of got into it really well. Uh, both Kyle and I were pretty impressed with his leg. Um, in terms of the kickers, Emmett Carpenter missed one 36-yard field goal for Minnesota. Um, nothing really, you know, too terribly stands out there, yep. you know, plus or minus. Um, in terms of the return game, Maryland struggled a little bit. Um, William Likely is sort of an all-purpose player for them. Um, did have a fumble on a punt that sort of set up Minnesota's second touchdown. Um, Tedrick Morgan, um, he then kind of took over in the return game. He got upended on a kickoff return. Then you didn't see some action there. And then he turned to DJ Moore, I think, who then you know made a decision to return a kickoff out of his own end zone and get tackled at like the 12-yard line. So Maryland kind of struggled in that area as well. Very good. Anything else, uh, anything else to wrap up from this game before we uh, call today and move on to tomorrow? No, just a massive thank you to everybody at the University of Maryland for uh, the hospitality, the lunch, and the accommodations. It was wonderful. It was great to see our good friend Kyle Krabs. People definitely got to be checking out what he's doing over at NDT Scouting. They've got a great crew over there with him and Joe Marino and Roger, their intern from the University of Florida, graduate there, um, who played for the Gators. Um, they're all doing some good work. And, you know, Kyle is definitely fired up for the uh, draft Twitter combine down in Mobile this January. I know he was at the gym this weekend getting ready for it. So Tell him to so stay in the gym. Tell him to stay in the gym. Look, I, I got a wedding coming up at the end of December. I'm going to be in fine physical form. Kyle's got to be able to compete with that. Look, Kyle, man, he's in good shape, believe me. All I'm saying. Sell. I mean, it, it literally looks like uh, if you give him like a week, he could probably be in play in shape. I don't want to say, you know, D1, but probably a high level D2. I'm ready to roll. That's all I'm saying. Atta boy. Atta Bring boy. it. The gauntlet's been thrown. The gauntlet has been thrown down. I'm going sub. I'm going sub four. I think I can still hit sub four six. Really? I think I can get sub four six. See, I, I had big dreams, but unless I really, really hit the gym higher the next couple of months, I don't think I'm getting below 4.8. All right, we'll see. We'll be down there. What do we got, about three months to go? Three months to go, yeah. Yeah, 12 weeks. Make it happen. Chuck's out of Mark Schofield. The inside the pile on quick blah, 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 blah. Chuck's out of Mark Schofield for the inside the pile on quick kick podcast. We'll see you tomorrow. Mm-hmm.